Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Hello, Flyover family. What is up? Welcome. We are so excited to be with you tonight. If you're new to Flyover Conservatives, our slogan is wake up, speak up, and show up. We all wanted President Trump to do 80 million (laughs) things to save our country. You know you did. So did we. And what we've learned over these last couple of years, what we really need is 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country. Which is is critical. And it is yep. happening. You know, we had a great event uh, this past week in, in Miami, Florida. It's a Trump drought. That was amazing. And uh, thousands and thousands of people there. We'd love when we get a chance to meet you guys in person. We're going to be in Las Vegas this summer in, in, in August. And, you know, when we film these, you know, there's a camera and we do things and I see there's comments. But when when we get to have conversations with you guys, we're so inspired. It's so much fun. Because so many of you, everybody thinks like, who's doing a lot in the conservative moment? You'd be like, well, I don't know, I guess Charlie Kirk and, you know, DC Drano and this and that. Mike Lindell, he's doing like, yep. like those are characters that are, that are making a little bit of a difference. But nobody lives across the street from your neighbor, but yep. you, nobody is, is, is going to be at your desk at work and, at and in the environment dinner with at, your family. Like we're, we're all kind of planted at this moment in the timeline and geographically where you, we used to have a, 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 one of my high school teachers, Lauren Weens, you know, yep. uh, uh, passed away. It's sad. He's an amazing, amazing guy, but he used to use this, this expression. He said, we said, grow where you're planted. Mm. You know, it's easy to look and think, well, if I was there, I would do this. Or, you know what, if I was alive in the 1860s, I would have been an abolitionist. If I was around in Nazi Germany, I would have been Bonhoeffer. I would have, you know, like, where are you, where are you planted right now? Yeah. And, and, and and I see so many people that, you know, people want to know what's going to be different in, 20, in 23, 24, 25, 26. I don't know. I can tell this. There's millions of people, not thousands or hundreds, millions of people that were not doing anything. They were just kind of just kind of patting themselves on the back because I vote because I'm a good American. Like that are active, yes. that are a pull watcher, Exciting. that are on the school board, that are helping with something, that are that are homeschooling, that now. are homeschooling, which is like the greatest thing you can do. You know, most patriotic is raising great kids that are yes. going to outlive you and move on and, and and make a difference. That's exactly right. Now I don't know if you all know, but we do have two shows. I do my own show, The Prophetic Report, at eleven eleven on Wednesdays. But David has a brand new show called Conspiracy Conversations, and they are amazing. I have loved every one of them. If you're saying, what? I've never heard of the show. Go to theflyoverapp.com. When you go there, you're going to be able to download our app, the Flyover app. Um, it's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything. And nine ninety free. Nine ninety free. It's absolutely free, and it's a great app. You're going to be able to see all the different shows, but there is David's brand new show, Conspiracy Conversations. All right, so David, tell us a little bit about... Well, this show and why you started it. It, it was it kind of started from you. And then also our, our son Colton was like a lot of this stuff that I'm watching and reading and looking into when we're not, it's kind of my, my guilty pleasure. You know, we do a lot of show prep. If we're having on a guest, I try to read their book and, yep. you know, so we do all this and um, we, we kind of started the show around bringing on doctors who had 10,000 patients with COVID and lost nobody, you know? Yep. And so it's like, well, let's, let's interview them. But 
on the side, I'm like, you know, people mention chemtrails a lot. Like, what's up with that? Or you're like, you have the the Nephilim from the yeah. book of, of Enoch. And you're like, well, what's that about? And you know, all these different things. And, uh, you know, this week we interviewed uh, Oliver Stone, his son, Sean Stone, who's written a series of documentaries called uh, Best Kept Secret. And he, he, he did one specific documentary just on the connection of the CIA and the FBI. Did you know the FBI had 9,000 pages in their file on Tupac Shakur, the rapper, before he was killed? Crazy. It's like they were heavily involved in his work long before and in the drug trade and all these things we wrote this this book connecting what is washington dc which is the cia the fbi all that crowd and hollywood what's mm-hmm. their connection so the documentary is called called hollywood dc and it's like they're heavily involved in each other so we did a deep dive yep. and then he allowed us to actually show his full documentary on the back end of the conversation so it's just conversations with people that uh um maybe have done, written a book or an author and make documentaries. They've done 10,000 hours or more of study in private. And then we come on in public and you may disagree with them. I may disagree with them, but let's hear them out because because they've earned it and they're interesting and they're fun. So, but it doesn't really fit into our nightly show and news. So it's kind of its own little deal. And it's a passion for you. Oh, it's fun. It's so fun. It's not work at all. And these come out every Saturday. That is exactly right. Now, when we were at the reawakening. Prophetic report. Everybody, Everybody knows that we've been doing that for two years, but. Yes, we love the prophetic report. We go through that every single week. What are the prophets saying? What is God saying about this time? I can tell you this. He hasn't fallen off the throne. He's not biting his nails. He's not concerned. He knows exactly what we're what he's doing, and we win, period. You know, everybody's talking about the border right now. We did a, uh, an episode with Christy Hutcherson. She's made over 100 trips to the border documenting what's happening, and everybody has the same question sometimes of like, well— Everyone came from somewhere. We want that mm-hmm. same opportunity for people. Now, I, we've shown this clip before, and I'll run it right now, though, um, called the gumball example. And basically, it shows like, hey, if everybody who needed to come to America came here, what would that look mm-hmm. like? Well, can we basically can we fix global poverty with American immigration? What does that look like? And in about four and a half minutes, this guy brings it home and makes it really it's clear. So good. Check this out. Some people say that mass immigration into the United States can help reduce world poverty. Is that true? Well, no, it's not. And let me show you why. This gumball represents the one million legal immigrants that the United States has taken every year on average since 1990. Now, who in the world deserves our humanitarian compassion? The World Bank has one measure of the desperately poor of the world. They make less than $2 a day. And how many people make less than $2 a day in the world? We'll start with Africa. In Africa alone, there are 650 million people who make less than $2 a day. 650 million. And in India, another 890 million people, desperately poor. China adds another 480 million people making less than $2 a day. And unfortunately, the rest of Asia has a heartbreaking 810 million people who the World Bank says make less than $2 a day. And finally, there's 105 million of Latin America's population that are desperately poor. All told, the World Bank says there are 3 billion people in the world, 3 billion people who are desperately poor, making less than $2 a day. That's 3,000 gumballs. And every year, we take a million and suggest that we've somehow made a humanitarian difference. Of course, we don't pull our immigrants 
from these desperately poor populations, do we? These people are too poor, too sick, too disconnected to make it here as immigrants. We tend to pull our immigrants out of the better off poor of the world. And Mexico tends to define the type of immigrant that we bring here because the plurality of people come from Mexico. And Mexico is poor. How many people in the world live in countries that have average incomes lower than that of Mexico? And the World Bank tells us that that number is these 3 billion plus another 2.6 billion people. 5.6 billion people in the world who live in countries with average incomes below that of Mexico. That's 5,600 gumballs. And so what is it that the elites are telling us? They're telling us that when we take this one million immigrants, that we somehow or another are tackling world poverty. And we have to do it regardless of the effect on our unemployed, the working poor, the most vulnerable members of our society, regardless of the effect on our natural resources. Even if we went by the most radical proposals in Washington, which are to actually double our immigration to two million a year, which would totally overwhelm our physical, natural, and social infrastructures, we couldn't make a noticeable difference. And we may be really hurting the impoverished people of the world because the million that we do take are among the most energetic, often the better educated, certainly the most dissatisfied people that if they did not immigrate would be the agents for change to improve the lot of all the people in these countries. The true heroes in the global humanitarian field are the people in these countries who have the wherewithal to immigrate to another country, but instead stay in their countries to apply their skills to help their fellow countrymen. Unfortunately, our immigration system tends to entice these very type of people to abandon their countrymen. The impossibility of making even a dent is actually worse than it looks here because Last year, when we took one million immigrants, these countries added, births over deaths, 80 million more people into the impoverished population. And this year, Congress is bringing in a million legal immigrants. And this year, according to the United Nations, these countries are expected to add another 80 million people. And next year, you can be quite sure that Congress unless stopped by the American voters, will bring in another million immigrants. And these countries, unfortunately, will be adding another 80 million people into these impoverished nations. We could take 5 million a year, but we'd never get ahead of what's happening in these countries. Not in this century. Don't you see? Immigration can never be an effective or significant way to deal with the suffering people of the world. They have to be helped where they live. 99.9% .9 of them will never be able to immigrate to a rich country. There's no hope for that. They have to bloom where they're planted. The only place that 99.9% .9 of these people can be helped is where they live. 
Let's help them there. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. You buy the, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. I am pumped Me for too. our next guest, one of the most inspiring individuals that we have ever met. He wrote a book. I'm just going to go through this because sometimes you want to, you know, judge people by the company they keep a little That's bit. That's true. You know, yep. a little bit. And who you're, respects that? You're young. Your parents tell you that. You know, yep. care for who you hang around. This guy's book's endorsed by Dan Bongino. Jeez. Uh, Phil Heath, who's seven-time Mr. Olympia. Yep. Kind of spent some time on, on, on his body. Uh, General Michael Flynn. That's a great man right there. James O'Keefe. Oh, wow. Uh uh, Zuby, the rapper. Man. Tommy Vexed. Alex Stein, the comedian. We oh, just, yeah. We just, just interviewed him. Just interviewed him recently. Tommy Laren. Wow. Uh, um, and, and, and many others. We're going to read this endorsement by getting Elliot Hulse. Uh, he's a strength coach. If you don't know him, go to his website. Just Google him. This guy's, this guy's a monster. But he says, in a world full of weaklings. That's a great way to start a sentence of endorsement. Yeah. In a world full of weaklings. And I don't think anybody's going to disagree. In a world full of weaklings, one man stands out for his commitment, for his discipline, and courage in the face of tyranny. You know, we need more people with commitment, we discipline, really and courage. That's yep. those are the deficiencies. Yeah. The trials and triumphs of this man inspires and enlightens every man to grow stronger today. In case you're wondering who we're talking about, we got a quick uh, little clip to play for you. Well, the government of Jersey is very determined to crack down on crime, not murders and rapes, but anyone who criticizes the governor of New Jersey on Fox News. And that would include the people who run the Attila's gym. The owners of that gym have refused to stay closed this year. In November, we spoke to the owner, Ian Smith. So Frank and I are currently being fined uh, personally. Uh, Governor Murphy has has attempted to pierce the LLC. He has fined us $15,497.76 per day. So as of yesterday morning, uh, my partner and I checked the bank statement in the morning, and we had... No money in our bank account. Just starts with disobedience. That's it, dude. You cannot, like, don't listen to these people. Tune them out. I think we all intuitively know how to live a good life. Yeah. I, I think I think that's just kind of innate nature for most people. You know, you take care, take care of yourself, you take care of your family, take care of your community, take care of your country in that order. Mm. Wow. At, uh, at Ian Smith Fitness on Instagram, definitely uh, give yourself some inspiration there. Author of findyourhillbook.com. 
Ian Smith. Yay! Thank you guys. That was a that was quite a video. I was like inspired by that. I didn't even <laughs> we know. were too. Woo, our you producer Colton put that together. We're like, this is so good. And I'm watching that. I'm thinking, you know what? There should be a law against somebody developing such a great beard and then have to cover it up. It's like, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a Doberman. We used to have, we you know, worked on his ears for a long time. They're just perfect. Like if you had to put a cover over his ears, I'm like, it would That'd disgrace who he is as a dog. You know, that's yeah, his pride and joy. Valid. Like it doesn't, it does not work. It does no. not work. It should be I against agree. the law. Uh, if, if of all the things governor Murphy has ever brought upon uh, humanity, Covering that that giant chunk of greatness should be. Well, he uh, certainly tried to fine us for it. I mean, at one point after they stopped fining us for being open, um, you know, we, when we originally opened the gym, we we had masks in place just because we didn't want to fight on multiple fronts at once. But a, as that saga went on uh, and they were fining us for being open after the gyms were allowed to reopen, they switched the fine, uh, which was a fifteen thousand dollar day fine for not mandating masks. So Governor Murphy did about everything he could to make it illegal. <laughs> and of course, That's you know, he's crazy. he's famous for saying, hey, I wasn't really thinking of the Constitution when we in, in, implemented these things. So right. uh, yeah, kind of his his greatest gaffes. I think. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and I don't think it was a gaffe. I think it was sincere. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 You yeah. Know, that's yeah, exactly. No, yes, it, exactly. It, is, it is to us, you know. Um, you were on Tucker, I think, 12 times, and he was, you know, uh, courageous in highlighting people like yourself. But the reason he, you know, highlighted you at the, we kind of lose perspective on some of this stuff. When you were standing up, you were like the first one mm -hmm. that like, hey, we're going to keep doing this. And if I remember some of the stories right in the conversations that, that you and I have had, you were waiting. You kind of assumed that at some point here, this is a health crisis. They're going to give me some instructions on what we can do to move forward you know, to keep my clients safe. You're not cavalier. You want your clients to be healthy, but you also got clients that, you know, were veterans and struggling with, you know, mental and emotional, you know, things. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And then you're sitting there looking at it and there's like, there's liquor store open. There's a strip club, three blocks over here. Mm -hmm. Every, you know, the churches are closed. I'm closed. I've got to implement. So you kind of came up with a, a three ring binder version of, of, you know, Hey, how can we do this right? And put hand sanitizer everywhere and thinned out the gym and you created what I would have thought would have been a beautiful protocol for the whole nation to follow. If yep. you have a gym. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was our intent. You know, we didn't, we didn't want to shut down originally. We were very skeptical of the idea, but at the end of the day, when that order came, you know, none of us knew enough to confidently stay open because the last thing that we would ever want to do is put anybody in harm's way. I think, right. that, sure. I think that went for the reason that most people probably shut down. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people were very skeptical of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, at that time, you know, they were showing us people dropping dead, you know, and yeah. it, right. from, this, from this super scary virus. And there wasn't mm -hmm. a whole lot of uh, information outside of what we were seeing right on the television because it was so new. So, you know, we shut down, we gave them that grace period and right at day 11, when they passed the stimulus bill, it was like, all right, this is just not making sense. So we decided we were going to reopen, but we decided we would give ourselves six more weeks to do so, so that we could create a very sensible, um, plan to reopen not just our business but reopen everything that was shuttered and mm -hmm. we presented it as such you know it wasn't open you know screw you we're not listening to you just right. kind of right. defiance for the sake of defiance it was hey you guys said two weeks you know we're coming up on two months now 
and there's very little being said about reopening. It's just kind of like when we let you know, and we were watching not only ourselves, but small businesses around the country uh, and around the local area, especially like generational businesses sinking, you know, businesses that have been in, in people's families for three, four, five Sad. generations, things like restaurants and delis, you know, that are never going to come back. So, you know, when we, when we opened, we said, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to not just do it and just, you know, be, trying to piss people off, but mm-hmm. let's provide a sensible plan because the government said that they were going to, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we went to work and we put together a 15 point safety protocol. We looked all around uh, for, you know, guidance. We looked to mm-hmm. uh, looking back now, we looked to the CDC and, and the WHO, which is kind of silly, but we were looking at, the at time, what they That's were what doing. you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one would think, exactly. So we looked at all those places. We looked at what businesses that were open were doing, what medical facilities were doing, what the government itself was doing, what big corporations were doing. And then we took all that and then we we went even further beyond that because our whole idea was that small businesses and churches and schools are run by people who care about the people who come in, whereas these big corporations are, Mm -hmm. are not run in that fashion. So the idea was that, hey, we could actually implement these safety protocols if they're necessary far better sure. than a mm-hmm. big giant corporation because- well, your, your relationship with a specific client is totally different exactly. than Costco. Right. Exactly. And and mm-hmm. we knew the name of every single person who comes right. in our gym. So of course, we're going to want to protect them. Sure. Um, and yeah, we put that plan forth saying, hey, listen, we're going to reopen regardless. But if you'd like to come and talk to us and maybe use us as a case study, right. you know, talking mm-hmm. to the government, we're happy to, to compromise. You know, mm-hmm. if you come and look at this and say, hey, this is pretty good. Hey, that's a win for all of us. Right. Because they were telling us that, oh, we, you know, we we're going to reopen as soon as possible. But there was a twofold plan with that was, A, we wanted to appear, we not just appear, we wanted to be sensible. But at the same time, in the back of our head, we kind of knew that these people didn't want to compromise. Yep. And we wanted to come to the table first and say, hey, here's a common sense plan. And we we knew that they were going to deny it. But once they denied that common sense plan, that got a lot of people thinking like, yep. well, wait, you know, the gym, the gym in Jersey is doing all these things. You know, they're they're doing contact tracing. Right. Everybody's got a spray mm-hmm. bottle in their hands. You know, the, the whole gym's separated. Hey, all this stuff makes sense because it's it's what they're telling us big corporations need to do. Well, why can't my business do that? Why can't my, right. my child's school do that? Why can't our churches do that? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it was a very easy way to expose the hypocrisy that we knew was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the embodiment of um, peaceful noncompliance. I mean, you are somebody that's like, yeah. no, I am not going to comply. And you really, I think, gave a lot of other people courage to do the same thing. And there was a lot of threats that came to you. Um, is there any regret for the decisions you made at that time and for standing up in righteous rebellion? Absolutely not. The only regret I would have is that knowing, like if I knew what I knew now, I would have never closed. Wow. Um, that That's the only regret that, I've, that I had. And I, I would have been more aggressive in trying to encourage other people um, to open as well. You know, mm-hmm. we... The whole plan we had was, hey, listen, 
we know everybody, or at least a lot of people are thinking the exact same thing that we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it, people were having conversation, you know, back then it was mm-hmm. wildly unpopular to question the COVID narrative, right. but people, you, you could tell people were still like, uh, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. it just right. wasn't making a whole lot of sense. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to pass your local Walmart when it's shoulder to shoulder and then pass your local hair salon or gym and it's vacant. So we really thought that if we were the first ones to do it, that within days, people would see what was going on and be emboldened to do so. Like we would stand up, take the first punch or or two, Mm -hmm. and then everybody would go, hey, let's do that. And we didn't focus enough on, on encouraging other people to do that. So I would have dedicated more time and energy to doing that. Uh, you know, eventually it did happen, mm-hmm. um, but I think it it took way, way longer than it should have um, because everybody really just thought this was going to go away. And right. uh, and it it didn't go away until mm-hmm. the American people forced it out of their lives. Mm-hmm. And it it took nearly, you know, a year and a half, two years for COVID to really get sort of pushed out of the narrative. Yeah. And it really didn't, you know, until long after people Mm -hmm. quit playing along and all of a sudden they're like, okay, I guess this is over. And they look around and like, nobody's at the party anymore. Yep. Yes. It's interesting. I remember when you were younger, David worked with a lady that was just very wise. We were just talking about like when you come across situations that, you know, you're like, oh man, okay, that's kind of scary. You know, what do I do in this situation? And she would, she would always, you know, bring up this question. Well, what's the worst thing that can happen? If, if you approach the situation, what's the worst thing that can happen? Asking yourself that. And if it does happen, am I okay? Will I be okay with it? And, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of threats that you, you know, came against. They shut down your bank account. But look, you are still standing today and you're stronger and better than you were then. I think your beard might be bigger and better than it was then. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's thriving. The platform that you have. You know, yes. even from that, the amount of people that know you, the amount of people that have been encouraged, you know, where your life is today. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, for us, it, it really was, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily about bravery as it was just looking at the reality of the situation. Um, and that's something, you know, that I that I talk about in the book. It's 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 very easy in the short term to ignore something that, you know, is a problem in order to kind of hold on to whatever comfort you have in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, but what happens is you're, you're holding, people were just trying to hold on to any sense of comfort that they could. Yep. Um, and what happens is you wind up giving it away little by little. And then the long run, you wind up very, very uncomfortable, right? So mm-hmm. if we mm-hmm. would have shut down our business and we would have got a loan and, you know, we would have done our best to stay open. And then, you know, when, when the gyms were allowed to reopen, we would, just like many businesses try to sort of recoup all those losses and, you know, just try to hang on long enough, mm-hmm. you know, to us, when we saw that what was at the end of the road was an absolute worst case scenario where we would lose our ability to, to be free, most yep. importantly, to, mm. to run our businesses and run our lives without government over our shoulder in our pocket telling us how to live, how to operate, what we can do, what we can't do, how many people we can have in the facility, and especially with no data to back any of this up. So that was option A, which was like, just try to hang on to something as much as we can and ride out the pain in in the hope 
that you'll make it through and survive. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, that wasn't going to make sense. There was, there was X amount of time we had before we were a brand new business. There was very little cushion. So for us, the calculation on the other side was, hey, let's get uncomfortable right now. Let's, yeah. it, 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 let's, let's disregard all comfort, right? You know, our, we were thrust into the public. We were uh, public yeah. enemy number one to half the country. Uh, we came into the, the crosshairs of the government and the police and the courts mm-hmm. and, the, and the justice system and all that, you know. But in exchange for that short-term discomfort, we kept what we had. And nobody was able to take it Mm -hmm. from us. And we never had to get to that worst case scenario because we said, no, we just said, absolutely not. And in either of those cases, there's the potential to lose what you have, right? Mm -hmm. But in the case where you're giving little up bit by bit, it's guaranteed that you're going to lose it in the end. Whereas that's a good point. Let's take a stand right now. And hey, we might lose, you know, because there Mm -hmm. are businesses that stood up. There's a lot of businesses and, you know, we're fortunate. We were we were kind of the first on scene and we were the loudest, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of businesses who did what we did. And unfortunately, they weren't able to weather the storm, but it's still the best thing they could have done because they were going to go out anyway. It was going to. Yeah. Well, fight now, defend what you've what you've built. I mean, that's an American principle. This is, this is mine. I built this. We built this. Our family, you know, survives off of this. Mm -hmm. Why would I let somebody come take that? Especially when when there's no evidence that it's for just cause. Yes. Mm -hmm. Once you realize you're being played, you know, you know, why not go down swinging? Mm -hmm. Um, Not to create a whole long story with this, but my my eldest son and I, we lived in Mexico for a couple of years and uh, our whole family did living in an orphanage when they were in high school. And, and uh, one night he and I were both held up by eight members of the drug cartel. We were in a small minivan. They sandwiched in the car. They got out with machine guns or tapping on it. They want to pull us out of the van. And I just remember thinking like, all right, they're probably going to kill me and want money for him. Um, if I'm going to die, I want to die smashing up stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so literally the, 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 the move was flip it into reverse, crank the steering wheel and spin it. And luckily I didn't hit one of their cars, spun it around. I think they were just so shocked that somebody stood up like that and we spun around and got around and long story short, we, we escaped and got, mm-hmm. obviously you, you noticed I'm alive. Um, <laughs> Praise I, the Lord. Hey, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, we made it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but his, did you make it? No, it was a terrible ending. We got shot up. Um, but, but that was a thought is like, you know, you see in a movie where somebody sit on their knees crying and like begging, like those don't, you know, it's like, they're going to kill you. Yep. Fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, at least, that- at least, at least go. And like that, and the, the title of your, your book and the website, findyourhillbook.com. I don't know that a lot of people have identified their hill. And I don't know that you can have a thousand hills, but everybody should have one. And one of them, like the pinnacle should be, stay alive. Mm-hmm. Like that's a hill I'm willing, like staying alive. It's a hill I'm willing to die on. And you see it a lot in a movie, like that's the hill you should die on. And they just die on their knees crying mm-hmm. yep. and stay and, alive. You gotta, and stay, stay free. You yes. know what I mean? It's live, stay alive on your feet, you know, mm-hmm. to, to kind of continue off of what you said. And yeah. I think that in the beginning was what separated at least the, the, the initial group of people who resisted COVID and the lockdowns and those who didn't, you know, for me, I, I saw the ugly truth. The ugly truth was that these people 
are going to crush everything that I have ever built. You know, and I'm not a guy who, who I, I came from a, a, just a humble beginning. Um, and in that humble beginning, I shot myself in the foot a ton of times. I set myself back <laughs> over and over and over again, you know, as a, as a young man, I, I did a lot of stupid stuff. And I was finally at the point, you know, at the beginning of all this where I was, I had built something. I had built something that I was proud of um, that made me feel good, that, that put something back into the community for yeah. once. Yep. You know, I was a taker most of my life. I, 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 whatever I could get from people was, you know, was what I was interested in. Now I had built something that gave back to the community that provided a valuable service, a valuable place. Um, and it was how I provided for my family. Mm-hmm. So if you take that away from me, you turn, you, you, you send me back to step one. And right. I, I, in no way was I just going to allow that to happen. Like mm-hmm. you said, without that fight. And it was, I don't think a lot of people just can't, it, it's, it's hard to face that ugly truth, mm-hmm. right? It's much easier to be like, Oh, they're just stupid politicians. You know, like it's just, it's just the Democrats. They're just stupid. No, they're not stupid. No. They are, they are, they are playing you mm-hmm. to make you think that they're stupid and they're not. They're doing this on purpose and they mm-hmm. have a very, very clear agenda from it. And yes, that's an uncomfortable truth to come with. Like, hey, part of my government hates me and does mm-hmm. not wish the best upon mm-hmm. me. Nobody wants to nobody wants to think that. Nobody wants to feel that. But that's the yep. reality. Yep. And as soon as you come to terms with that reality, you're free from it. You're mm-hmm. you're able to be emboldened because you're like, well, I got nothing to lose. You know, I'm not gonna let these people destroy me, but you have to be honest and you have, and I, I just think that's a very scary thing for a lot of people, or at least it was back then. I think, yeah. I think yeah. today is a very different world. I think if, well, if we had COVID 2.0 tomorrow, I think that, you know, my business would not be one of the few to stand up. I think there would be many, yeah. but it just took people a while to come face to face with that ugly truth. Mm-hmm. Is that well, as long as, as long as save me here, and I have to do this on my own. And this is not only do I have to do it, this is my responsibility to be a, to be a free citizen. To right. Yeah. I, I want to get into to Tucker Carlson, some other things, because you got some unique insights and, and relational positions with, with a lot of pretty, pretty interesting people. But uh, I want to put up th- this book because as long as evil and incompetence both exist, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a need for people to stand up and it's best to figure out what you're about uh, before it's, it's best to kind of build your mental and emotional boat before it rains to be prepared to work yourself through these things. Like if, what if, Absolutely. what if I was in his spot, right. maybe you were lucky and you were in, in Florida or South Dakota or Missouri or something during this, but you know, and you had this minor things that made you walk in a certain direction in the grocery store and certain silliness. But like, what if you came across something? What if you come across something greater? What if you end up in a situation like Bonhoeffer, you know, and you're the only pastor in Germany that's like willing to stand up when you mm-hmm. see when you see something? It's best to work through these things in advance. So, so Flyver family, I encourage you to get this book. It's endorsed by again people you probably respect: Zuby and Dan Bongino, Tommy Laren, and you know General Flynn, General Flynn, Alex, mm-hmm. I like like people who have thought through these issues thoroughly in private, so they're walking them out in a leadership role in public. They've gained inspiration mm-hmm. from this book. Don't think just like for yourself, who in my family, who do I know? Maybe you have a son or a father, somebody that would that would enjoy this book. 
<clears throat> Father's Day is coming up here in just a little bit. Happens to be one of my favorite holidays yes, of the year. Yes, it's a great holiday. Uh, be a great gift for fathers. It would be incredible. And so so be thinking in terms of that, not one or two. And and uh, uh, we kind of worked this out in advance. Use promo code FLYOVER on this website, findyourhill.com, and you can get a discount. Findyourhillbook.com. Findyourhillbook.com. Mm-hmm. You the internet's like that. It's real picky if you don't put in just the right yep, word. Yep, you have to be specific. They'll send you somewhere else. So findyourhillbook.com. We'll have a link down below that'll send you directly to it. And again, uh, the proceeds of this and benefits go to charities. And we'll give them a chance to talk about this. This isn't a benefit to us. It's like, hey, we want these kind of principles drawn deep, like nutrients mm-hmm. you'd want for your grass, like, you know, so it has deep roots mm-hmm. to be able to survive a, a hot August. We want these things in the fiber of the people of this country because it's inevitable. Yep. Again, as long as evil and incompetence both exist, something else will happen in the future. This gives you a chance to work these things out before the storm. And you can find this book at findyourhillbook.com. You can go there, enter promo code FLYOVER, and you get a discount. But again, don't just get one or two. Get it for the men in your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe the women. Tommy Laren endorsed this too. You know, a lot of people enjoy this. But yep. but there is a, a uh, like a, a nutrient deficiency mm-hmm. of men that are put on platforms and edified. You turn on the TV, it's only weaklings. It's only stupid men. It's mm-hmm. only incompetent dads. It, it's only people with lack character. We need to inject these kind of nutrients the same way you would take a multivitamin or something because you're you're not getting it from your food. We need this in our families and homes. It, it'll, it'll serve your family well to have a book like this just sitting on the coffee table, you know, and just kind of reminding them, like, okay, yeah, all right suck in and kind of put my chin up and kind of walk into the day on purpose, you know, and kind of get going. So Ian, what will they find in the book? Tell us a little bit about your book. You know, so originally the book was going to just be about what happened at the gym. Um, you know, and as I started to write it, I, I didn't want to tell a story where it's, it's, it's super easy to tell a story when you're the hero, right? You know what I mean? Sure. It's, it, I can I can tell you about the uh, the conquests of the gym and how we we stood up and we we fought and we won, and and that's a great story. The problem is 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 if I tell you a story just like that, I'm not telling you the whole story. I'm not telling mm-hmm. you how I came to do that, right? And a lot of people we, we all carry something around with us. We always we all we carry our failures, our fears, our whatever it is. And, and if I tell you just of the successes I've had and of the great things I've done, and you're carrying around something that, that makes you less confident or whatever, then you're going to hear that message and say, I could never do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I wanted to do is tell the, tell the whole story of who I am. Right. Cause I, I became this national figure, this, this hero figure. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that I'm just a regular guy. There's absolutely nothing different about me. There's, there's no part of my character that I have that other people don't have within them. And, and that's really the message I wanted people to, to walk away with. Mm-hmm. So I start with my greatest mistakes. Um, and I talk about myself as a young man. Um, I was not necessarily a bad person. I just really wasn't a good person. Um, I was a young man without direction. I kind of grew up without a father, not to blame that, you know, on, on him because it's, it's personal responsibility. But there's but a, that you just described a lot of America right there. It's true. Yes. There's a oh, lot 100%. of absent dads. You know, single, single parent households are on the yep. rise. And, and 
God bless my mother. She did the best job a woman could possibly do as a mother. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I was a young man without direction. I had no idea what it meant to be a, a good man at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, my value system was turned upside down. And as a result of it, I ultimately wound up doing five years in prison in my 20s. Um, and I certainly deserved it. And in the book, you'll find out why. So uh, I start with that. I start with my greatest failures um, as, as a man and as a human being. And I talk about how I kind of worked through them, how I worked through prison and how that kind of made me stronger. It put me more in touch with God. It put me more in touch with, with wow. the man that I wanted to be um, mm -hmm. and honestly was afraid to be as a, as a young man. You know, I, I always strived away from anytime there was an opportunity to do something hard. I didn't want to do it. I, I was mm -hmm. I was totally okay getting lost in the crowd. I was totally okay being the middle of the bell curve, completely average, you know, because I didn't want to be judged by making mistakes. So I never tried anything. Mm. Did you find that 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 story very common in, in prison? Lack of character, lack of direction, yeah. and and uh, and fatherless. Absolutely. Oh, that's like your three right there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and that and that that grows cross-cultural. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter mm -hmm. who you are, where you're from, how yep. old or young you are. You know, most of the men in prison grow mm -hmm. up with those same deficiencies. Mm -hmm. um, so after, after prison, I talk about getting out, you know, kind of having this hunger for life, but still not really being the man that I am today and, and, you know, working my way through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Uh, and then I talk about coming into owning the gym. And what mm -hmm. that was like and how it's what an exciting time that was for me. You know, a young man who went from sitting in a prison cell to, you know, being uh, owning a, a really nice gym in yeah. just a couple and of years. And living the American dream. But, and, and being a contributor. Yeah. Like you got you got you got clients coming in who are suffering from PTSD and they need to be in the gym. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're working out their day by day process or people overcoming issues, alcoholism, all this. Yeah. Like you're making people's lives better every time you mm -hmm. open the doors. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I talk about that and then I talk about what happened with the lockdowns and I give as complete of a story without rambling through the the weeds of details that happened and um, an inside look on what it was like to take that initial step, you know, because the initial step was the hardest, you know, mm -hmm. for us to swing those doors open sure. Always is. on May, uh, May 18th, 2020, um, two months after a shutdown, when it was the most unpopular thing in the world to do, that was the hardest step. But I talk about the, what really was going through our heads, what battles we had to fight, what decisions we had to make. Um, and I go through the Attila or the, the fight at the gym as sort of just as much as I can to give people an idea. You know, everybody was calling us during that time and they were like, you know, Hey, I want to open my, my business. You know, what do I do? And, and I think people <laughs> thought we had all the answers. Um, and they were not, they were not taking action because they didn't know, the plan. And right. you, know, you guys have heard, you guys have heard me speak. Yeah. And the plan was open the gym. I mean, open the gym. <laughs> period. No plan. The plan yeah. is I'm jumping um, out of the plane. Step two is I'm going to build me a parachute. On yes, my way exactly. down. Well, and yeah. that's what it was, but that required a degree of confidence yeah. that I had not had before in my life. And the only way to develop that confidence is to jump out of the plane is to mm -hmm. do something that is very hard. That'll get you criticized that you don't have all the answers to whatever. So I talk about that and, and you know, what we were able to accomplish 
inside and outside of the gym, all of the other um, things that we were able to help with, all of the other movements around the country, the anti-masking uh, in schools, the vaccine mandates, all of that stuff. The fight at the gym became this beacon for freedom in all these other areas. And then I talk about my run for Congress and what that was like, mm. uh, the mistakes that I made, why it's important whether we win or lose to run and run as hard mm. and as often as we can and to encourage our friends and our family um, and our communities yep. Yep. to get involved, get involved early and to stop waiting for somebody else to do these jobs. Um, so and good. kind of wrapping up at the end with the idea that, you know, if you would have asked me three years ago, because it's been three years now, hey, Ian, do you think you could have had the impact on the world that you have had? That <laughs> you know, I would have said the same answer that we all say, right? And, that, and it's a lie we tell ourselves. And I would I'd tell you that I was just one person, you know, but I am living proof that just one person or just two people or, a, or three or yeah. a few people mm -hmm. starting with one small idea, one small decision. The decision was we're going to open our gym. We weren't thinking about it in terms of a national fight of national news coverage of the great reset. We were thinking, Hey, this <laughs> is wrong. You know, yep. we, we had no idea what any of this stuff was. You didn't know Clay no, Clark no, then no, or any of these oh, things. Yeah. We had no clue. But it was this small decision and it was a very hard decision to make. It would have been so much easier to open the back door, to just get by as much as we can, you know, whatever, to wait and hope and, and pray that these people would let us back in business. But we made that one really difficult decision, that really uncomfortable mm. decision, mm -hmm. and it grew. And we inspired millions of people around the country and around the world. You know, we had people contacting us from 18 different countries buying wow. our T-shirts. And I would have never imagined that. I never in a million years would have imagined that 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 me, you know, this obscure gym owner from New Jersey uh, who just recently got out of prison, who hasn't really done a whole lot in his life that he's exceptionally proud of other than, you know, his short career as an entrepreneur could have such an impact. And, wow. and the fact of the matter is, is that I did and everybody else can. And the most important part is everybody else has to. Yes. If, if, if you want to be free, you know, and I kind of close the book with this, there's two kinds of freedom. Um, or there's two types of fights for freedom because freedom will always be contested no matter what, yep. just like you said, mm -hmm. as long as there's evil in the world, as long as there's, uh, the temptation of greed and all of these things, which there will always be, you know, the devil does walk among us. So mm -hmm. we will always have to fight and protect for our, protect yeah. our freedom. Yep. It comes in two forms. It comes in the hard way and the easy way. And the hard way is conflict. It's blood, it's violence, it's warfare, it's bullets, it's death, it's destruction. And this country has already paid those debts. Right, mm -hmm. it's already fought that. We fought the Revolutionary War and 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 every sub, sub you know whatever war after that. And we've had internal conflicts. We've had civil rights movements where people of color had to fight for their rights, yeah. and they had to go through their own struggle, and women had to do it. So this country was built by people who fought and sacrificed that really hard price for freedom. Right, and now we have freedom. Mm -hmm. The second price that you pay is the price you pay to keep freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's 
That's the price of being an active, engaged citizen, somebody who pays attention, somebody who self-educates, somebody who shows up when it's inconvenient to do so, who, who donates their money, mm-hmm. who, who gives their time, who supports local candidates, whatever it is. There's a million things you can do, but you pay that price every day. And it's a much smaller price than mm-hmm. the, the, the fighting, right? Because eventually you get there. If you don't pay the small price yeah. day after day after day after day, there comes a point where either you're going to be a slave and you're going to be oppressed or you're mm-hmm. going to have to pay that dear price. So the better move is to protect the freedom that we've been given, to honor the sacrifices of people who have come before us and be an active and engaged citizen. Get involved. Stop thinking that it doesn't matter if you don't show up to the school board meeting because mm-hmm. you're just one person. It matters. The school yeah. board, the people need you. I don't care yeah. if, you have, if you have kids there. Stop thinking that if you, if you, you know, if you don't go vote, it's not a big deal. You know, it is. You are a big deal as an individual. And the idea of freedom needs every single one of us to contribute that daily little chip in. It, it's so it, it's huge. It goes fine. along with our slogan, wake up, speak up, and show up. Yeah, and everybody, exactly everybody right. say every time, everybody wanted Donald Trump to do 80 million things to save America. The real answer is 80 million Americans doing one thing each day yep. to save their own country. Find that is hill. what it, it's about. Yep. Findyourhillbook.com. He's also a great follow on Instagram. If you have Instagrams, at Ian Smith. Fitness, you know, every once in a while when you come across something really tough, you, you, you're able to do something beyond what you even thought was possible. And that was revealed to me when I ended up in an arm wrestling contest with you and, and won. Um, for a lot of listeners, you may not believe this, but I arm wrestled Ian Smith and uh, came out victorious. Um, I don't know we got this yeah, all you- but, but also the other principle is here. <laughs> I, three I, guys against I involve, one. I involve some friends. It's not what you can do, but if you got two or three good friends with you, uh, even oh look at Seth casually. He's using all of his body weight. Seth, <laughs> Seth's like Seth's like eight foot tall, he's and he's tall. hanging. Uh, but you oh know, my gosh. but me and a couple of friends helping were able to take down Ian Smith at arm That's wrestling. Really so and, you know what? And here's the funny thing: it was still kind of a challenge. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we better not lose. <laughs> That's awesome. We have we have some great time at the events. You know that is a key principle, though, in life is you know what if if you're if you're listening to the show today and you're like you know I, I'm I'm discouraged, um, I'm seeing a lot of dead ends. You know in life, you you need to be real intentional to like not yeah. just hope good people fall in your app, but seek them out. Become the kind of person they would want to be friends with as well, and and seek out people with leadership. Read a book like this mm-hmm. one. Get these things in you so you have something good to say at the water cooler. You know when you're talking to somebody at, at work, but put good things in so you attract the kind of friends that you want to have uh, uh, around you. And I know you're going to be with us in um, uh, the Reawaken America Vegas. event in Las Whoop. Vegas Whoop, in whoop. August. Um, if you're I'm like Stacy. Yeah, I am too. You can't see, but underneath of this here, she has a blanket. I have a blanket. Even in though the summer, even though you can't see this, I'm wearing shorts because it's hot. She still has a blanket. So I'm excited about Vegas. She can't wait to finally be in Las Vegas in August, so she can like lay like a lizard on the sidewalk and like finally I'll be warm for one <laughs> moment in, in exactly. my in my life. But uh, if you if you uh, want to uh, send a text to 918-851-0102, just text the word flyover. We can find up and get you tickets for that event. Ian's going to be there. A ton of great people. Surround yourself with like-minded yeah. individuals so that when you go back home, it's like you have a little more to offer mm-hmm. the community uh, that you're in. And I just cannot encourage you enough headed into Father's Day to go to 
uh, findyourhillbook.com mm-hmm. and uh, uh, get not just one, but a couple of copies for people that you care about. Get one for yourself and then one for someone else. Like make an investment, mm-hmm. pay it forward. And uh, uh, Ian truly is one of the greatest men that we have met in this space. And again, not because he's perfect, but because he's doing the right things on a daily basis to walk this out. And that's where we're all out at, in, in this country. It's kind of what being an American you know, is all about. And he sort of uh, exemplifies that. I love the honesty and the transparency that we don't see in the media. We don't see in our politicians and uh, it's refreshing and it's fun. Thank you so much, Ian, for your time. We really appreciate it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know, the, you know, the thing we will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. This reawakened tour is literally what it means. It has reawakened the American heart. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. Do your feet ache and throb in pain with every step you take every day of your life? Well, kiss those days goodbye with slippers from MyPillow.com. How about that flimsy, flat little excuse for a pillow that's nothing but eight hours of disappointment? Causing you pain in your neck every single night. 
you can wake up with nothing but butterflies and rainbows around your head with a MyPillow pillow. Those hardwood floors hurting your old bones? No more with a MyPillow dog bed. Are your towels worn thin, flimsy, more patchy than Joe Biden's memory? There's nothing better than absorbent towels from MyPillow.com. For all of these products and more, go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code FLYOVER for up to 66% off. For more great content, go to FlyOverConservatives.com.